Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of the Long Run Podcast is sponsored by Sketches. Hello everybody and good evening. It's seven o'clock. It's Friday night. It is time for the long run live stream and podcast. I'm Ian Wilkinson. I'm joined by Chris Ford, Toby Frost, Sabrina Ahmed, guest appearance, and Louise Ford because we're going to be talking to Louise. She's just started her marathon training. So we are going to be talking about how it's going after a couple of weeks and perhaps highlighting any potential pitfalls that you might fall into yourself a hundred days until the London Marathon. So thanks ever so much for joining us. Usual sort of chit-chat. We're brought to you by um, the 40 Rounds Running Community and our good friends at Sketches. It has been a very busy week. Christopher, what you been up to? I don't really know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been one of those weeks. I, I've had an extra rest day this week, and, and it's sort of, I don't know, it's caught me out a little bit because... Yeah, it's weird. Having an extra rest day is weird. Let me know, anybody who's listening live, uh, watching live, if you, I don't know, taking an extra rest day, just it just feels like you should be running, but you're not. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes, mm. and actually, email in at whatever it is. What is it, Wilco? It is longrunshow at gmail.com. You can send us an email whenever you yeah. like. And also, if you are watching live, if you're doing the, if you've recorded it, if you download it as a podcast and you're listening while you're doing your long run on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get it from, you won't be able to do this. But if you're listening live now on watching live, looking at us, you'll be able to see it on Facebook and YouTube. You'll be able to um, add your comments. So yeah. um, feel Question. free to chip in. People are already saying hello, which is lovely. Um, with um, Toby will send an email onto um, a message on the Facebook 
So um, if you can log on there, then we can see your name and we can say hello to you rather than just Facebook user, which is the worst name in the history of the world. And we don't want to talk to anybody called that. So if you could identify yourself, Mm. then we'll say hello. Yeah. Well done, Wilco. You've got a lot of information over there very quickly. That was good. But you still didn't answer my thing about having a rest day. Having a rest day. Well, in a minute, mate, you know, I'm just getting back from uh, being on the bench. So for a little while, every day has been a rest day. Every day has been a rest day. Yeah. So um, to answer your question, good week, mm, mixed. Running-wise, don't really know. feels a bit weird. But the reason is because I'm saving myself for our secret mission tomorrow that I can't talk about, even though I want to talk about it because it's going to be epic. Does anyone know, by the way, proper question here, I'll put this out. Um, There's no point emailing in because I need to know like tonight. Can you like like hide stuff on Strava? So if, if I do something tomorrow on Strava, can I hide it so nobody can see it? Yeah. What, before or after I've done it? So you can say it to do it beforehand if you want to. Do it before? Yeah, so setting, change it um, prior and then. Right, okay. So, Tobe, um, we're going to need to sort that out tomorrow. We're going to like a military base or something. No, it's worse. So, but we we can't, it can't be anywhere that we've been there. No, that doesn't make any sense. Oh. But nobody can know where we've been. You following me? So everyone tomorrow is now going to be looking on Strava where Tobe and I have been, right? Well, you're See not going to tell us. It's not going to be on Strava. You just said you're going to hide it on Strava. So looking for you on Strava will be completely Yeah, but that's if I can manage to do it. You've got to remember, I am an idiot. So it's unlikely that I'm going to be able to do it. If anything, I'm probably going to do something that I shouldn't do and probably delete my Strava profile, which actually is not. And I, and I want to make... um. I actually want to do an episode about this. I reckon we pre-record for when we're large in it, like you'll be out spending all your 50s that you've got in your Nike box in Dubai. But when I'm away with the kids, we've got a pre-record. So I think we should pre-record an episode and talk about runner's addiction to Strava. Because I mm. actually genuinely think, right, so send your emails into I'm addicted to Strava at longrun.com, right? But I think it is genuinely a serious problem amongst runners now that we are hooked on this cocaine fueled A class drug that is Strava. Now I'm probably now going to get about 15 letters from their solicitors saying that. Yeah, this is it, mate. We take that back. We're not we'll looking at that. I didn't mean that. Sort of what I'm trying to say is, as are we addicted to Strava? Is it actually now at the point and Strava and other applications? Put that out there, Wilco. Got myself mm. out of it then. Uh, like, I'm doing a lot. Digging you out of a hole here, mate. Are we actually, as runners, addicted to posting our runs on platforms where there's multiple different choices you can make? Um, But, like, so, for example, this week on, what day was it? Thursday, Si and I, we went time-based. We got to two hours and we said, that's us, done. Right? But we are still, we was talking, oh, we should do 13 miles, really. The only reason we wanted to do 13.1 miles is because we know that we wanted the mileage on Strava. We didn't say it, but we knew it, right? I Mm. genuinely think there is an underlining issue amongst runners being addicted to putting mileage up on on these things. I think it's unhealthy and it's it's getting worrying. So I... Yeah, we'll definitely have a chat about that one week. Before we go on today... 
Just want to say Alan's not here. He's sunning himself. Oh, yeah. He tried at a lucky so-and-so. And even his Wi-Fi wouldn't stretch that far. He goes, he's usually in some hotel somewhere in, I don't know, waiting for the Bognor Regis Park run or something like that on the next day or doing something like that. But, yeah, he's actually gone away on his holiday, so we let him have a week off. And Sabrina stepped in, which is a very gallant effort because the poor love, she's been uh, been under the weather this week, which meant that she was unable to join us at a very fun-packed fun evening at the St Albans Solstice 10K on Tuesday. How are you feeling, mate? I would just I, I'm, I'm not saying anything other than there have been rumors around that she's actually been away this week and been using that as an excuse for not attending stuff but I I, I don't no, know where they I started Toby. Yeah, I mean I wish I'd been away I've, I haven't left the house since Saturday night Ooh. yeah it's a nearly a week um I felt better, I'll be honest, but I'm on the mend now. So, and I was happy oh, to miss Tuesday night. So, and I've got to say though, a couple of the forties raised their games and dropped you some lovely little presents, didn't they? Yeah, yes. I've had flowers. I've had goodie boxes full of biscuits and chocolates and all kinds of lovely stuff. So, thank you very everyone for your well wishes and your kind kind gifts. Um, they're much appreciated. So Sabrina's going to try and help us out tonight and keep in touch with all the uh, questions and uh, observations that come up on the chat that will go into the things. And cool, I just really. want to say hello to Louise as well before we went any further, because um, you may remember a few months ago when Louise was on and she was talking about a canny cross, about running with her dog, which is excellent. But she also got a ballot place to run her first marathon at London this year. And um, we um having chat. Having a chat and some uh, vigorous negotiations that sort of like rivaled the Brexit deal to uh, sort out um, bringing her on and talking about her training programme. So um, we're here today. She's a couple of weeks in. So I just want to say hello, Louise. Welcome back. (laughs) And um, yeah, I'll ask you firstly, generally, how's it going? Um, Not as well as I'd hoped. Oh, so this week I ended up with a really bad war infection and I couldn't really travel very far from home. <laughs> right. So I haven't really been able to run because I just need to be able to go for a pee anywhere. <laughs> so you've had a few injury problems as well, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, my knee is still ongoing. Yeah. Do you want to sort of set the scene for us? Yeah. So um, basically about two months ago, I had a kind of like a bit of a like jarring feel in my right knee, and uh, it's just not quite. It did get really bad at age. I could barely walk, um, and then this got a lot better. Mm. So I was hoping to get up again, and then yeah, then I got a walk. <laughs> so it's <laughs> not I, been the not I been the ideal starting Sunday. Like I've started, started getting up. So I, yeah, I basically want to do more week and then one long. Was my yeah, point. Louise, we're just losing you. We're just going. If we if we could log you off and then we'll um we'll come back to you in a sec. We'll just have a chat about a couple of other things and then we'll see how we can get on. Is that all right? Yeah, because yeah. you just keep breaking up at the sec. So um, yeah, we're just we're um, live people. We're like this is the wonder is, of being live. It's like, you know, when Ant and Dick, this is very similar. It's like Ant and Dick, when, when it all goes wrong, 
you know you don't you done well, Wilco, there to um to jump in because poor old Louise is blessed her, she's struggling with her with her internet and her sound. And that, but that's the problem when we're live, isn't it? What yeah. can we do? And you know what? We're gonna put it out like this because we don't care. Because it's gotta be raw and no, it's gotta be raw and authentic, isn't it? Exactly. And then and of course if it, if the worst comes to the worst and we can't get it back, it means that we haven't got a plan next week because we can just do it again. Yeah, we we just wing it. Yeah, as usual. We, I mean, it is good. Oh, someone's just um, uh, mentioned Sketch. I've got to give a big shout out to Sketches because um, thanks to everybody who uh, entered that competition, which is uh, <laughs> I've just seen a comment. Is Louise using ours Wi-Fi? I think you're right, actually, Aaron. I think you're absolutely on the money. Al has given Louise his Wi-Fi. Ways. By the way, Wilco, did you tell him he's in Florida with all the old old people? Yeah. This is where he's gone. Al's gone to Florida to visit all the other old people that he knows to eye up the home that he's going to stay in. He's not here, so we can say anything we like. Um, But anyway, I was talking about sketches. um, So thanks to everybody. And there was a lot of you that entered the competition. um, And sketches, uh, it was... Surprise, mate. What did we have? Bolts. Paul underscore Bolts, and he won a pair of new running shoes. Um, But there was loads of them entered. So... But they announced that today, or I announced. No, I did it. I think, but they told me who. I can't. Sorry, mate. Can you just say that again? Because I talked right over the top of your name. Your well, beginning. It was Paul underscore Bolts. Paul bolted up and won the. So the he's got his sketches. He's happy. Uh, and off we go. I, I see she's using Alan's internet. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Louise. Yeah. She's got. She's got about a million questions about the London Marathon, and her Wi-Fi is as good as ours. What we should have done is got her to email them in, really. Yeah, then and then we, we could, could have, have just sort of like then we could have read them, out. them off. Uh, and yeah, I see Aaron Newton has um, said that. Aaron, thanks very much, mate. And you made a bit of a trek to come down to St Albans on Tuesday. It was lovely to meet you. It was great. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that actually, talk about St Albans. What did you think about it, Wilco? Um, well, it's obviously a bit of a novelty to be run because this was a summer solstice thing. Obviously, oh, yeah, we better tell the listeners and the viewers what we're talking about. Actually, it's a good yes. point. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, it was a summer solstice run, so um, it was the longest day on Tuesday. So the right, it was a ten k at St Albans on a familiar-ish sort of course. We've started there before, but we went on a different, um, a bit of a different course. Um, but it started at eight o'clock, so that was a bit of a novelty, wasn't it? Yeah, I, well, I personally enjoyed the food. Um, <laughs> we went there to to eat basically, but what um, I can't get over, and you'll see it in the video, it comes out on Sunday. Um, is that basically I was shocked and I just can't believe it was thirteen pounds we paid mm. one three to enter that race. I just couldn't get over the value. And so I makes oh, a comment at the end of the video, which is valid, and we spoke about this on here, um about the cost of races. You think A six ten K, what is it, forty five quid, sixty quid? I've got no well, idea. I think it's north of fifty, isn't it? But, yeah. I, yeah, fifty. Yeah, north of fifty. Big friends of the show, A six ten k. But um, that's that much. All right, they got to shut down London. Slightly different to running around a few dodgy park lanes yeah, in, in St Albans and no closed, low, low closed roads. But thirteen quid for what was not a wooden medal um, mm. and a pucker barbecue after with vegan sausages, which were tasty type. They weren't exactly vegan, I think, is the tasty thing about them. Oh, I did ask for a vegan sausage. I can't obviously comment. Yeah, on and then I've you chucked that back at me. 
It did amuse me one bit out on the course where we went in sort of like a residential area and uh, there was a bit of an oversight because um, Wednesday was obviously bin day. So <laughs> you had to dodge a few wheelie bins out in the middle of the street. Oh, it so was, was fun though, wasn't it? There was loads of us there. Yeah, we it had a great a, time. It was a great run. We had a, we had we had uh, just just a laugh seeing everybody coming home. It was yeah, it was just typical forty runs. What it's all about, mate, wasn't it? Yeah, we just met up, had a giggle, run about a bit, and then ate some food. Um, and, or as you did, we'll have a drink. Um, but I tell I'm you not what, really non-alcoholic, mate. Weren't the littering bad though in the car park, Wilco? Yeah, <laughs> did notice a couple of things. I did say to somebody. Oh, look, some hooligans left their cups all over my car. Yes. Wonder who that might have been. I do. I, I think he's, I, I'll be honest. Did you see anything? Be... Because you couldn't have been much, it wasn't much long after I'd left no. my car that no. I saw you leaving. So where was your car? Did you see anybody? No, like, but I tell you, I tell you who might know. He's in Valencia this weekend. Um, and he ran a quite a quick time on uh, Tuesday night. So he might have had a couple of extra cups to rehydrate and needed to put them somewhere. I'll just put that out. Oh, there. right. Yeah. So, Valencia, eh? Nice. Yeah, he's, he's large in it. I told you, the boy's large in it. Um, right. So, we've got 5,000 comments coming in. So, keep them coming, people. Thanks, everybody who's watching live. Thanks, everybody who's contributing. As we always say, this show only does what it does with you guys contributing live. So, thank you very much. Admin's here purely to keep an eye on you guys. So, Admin, what have we got? Right, first question, Gary Jones. Um, he said he hasn't run for about a year. He's put on a bit of weight, in which he's looking to lose and needs a stability shoe. What do you recommend? Uh, he's not run for a year, needs a stability shoe. Yeah. Uh, put three stone on. Oh, well, you kind of put your own answer in, in there. Really. You need to shift the weight. Uh, have a look at the sock and shift. It's not an out-and-out stability shoe, but it's quite a wide-ish platform. And for... Bigger guys, it's quite a good shoe. I would always recommend uh, the Glide Ride, and I would particularly recommend the Glide Ride 3. Um, it's slightly softer than last year's model, but that's always a good alternative as well. But if you need an out and out stability shoe, then you know you might need to go somewhere else. Don't go Brooks, please. Um, but there's plenty of other options out there. But yeah, so personally, I would I'd have a look at the Sockany Shift if it was me. Cool. Uh, next one on trainers quickly is uh, Rob Barnett watched your video today and the review of the Sockney Speed 3. Um, oh. I just wanted to ask, is it a stable shoe or not? You didn't quite He's taking it, Mickey. It's because in the video, and oh. I deliberately did this, uh, I mentioned it about 62 times. And that was deliberate. Because most people from the Sockney Speed, they, they commented about the fact that it's in, in, unstable. So I'm, I made sure I was clear on the point. Right. Next. Uh, Next one, leg cramps. So um, this is a Facebook user, but completed half marathon in Derby last weekend, uh, finished in one thirty-four. So speedy time. Oh, um, same issue though, around one hour twenty that he's had before, which is cramping his legs. Have you got any tips or advice? We, talk, we spoke about this last. Well, Alan spoke about this last week, didn't he? Uh, in depth. I would say to you, listen back to last week's podcast. Not only does that help the podcast get um, more listens. Thanks very much. Um, but but no, and on a serious point, listen to that because Alan actually goes into some depth about it. He talks about electrolytes and the benefits. Yeah. Have a look at your hydration. Have a look what you're taking on before, during, and after. Uh, look at your diet. Maybe you've got too much salt, not enough salt. Those are the sort of things that I would be looking at in terms of cramps. 
But on a sip, please listen back to what Alan was saying last week because he really added some value around cramping. Yeah. Can I just, sorry, can I just jump in and talk about stability shoes for a second? Chris, do you think, do you think too many people buy stability shoes who don't need them? Mm, I, what, no, uh, I think people don't get their gait analysed regularly enough is actually. So as runners, we change, develop according to what we're doing. Um, we will strengthen and obviously we get weaknesses in different places as we train, whether that's through a lack of strength training or sometimes you're doing a little bit too much strength training and you're compensating for other things, old injuries and all that sort of stuff. So I would always recommend if you're going into a block of training, it's worth it. Most of the time it's free. A lot of places uh, don't go to, you know, Mickey Mouse sports shoes.com or whatever they're called, where they get some spotty 13 year old to tell you to buy Brooks, but go and get yourself um, a gate analysis just before you maybe go and do a new block or a couple of weeks into it. Once you've got into it, because you do change, we'll go and develop as a runner. Look at like we take the Mickey out of our, but our move from being uh, um, a pronator and he, you know, changed his form and worked hard to change his foot striker and and he did inc- you know he's now not necessarily in a stability shoe mm. so i think it's people tend to go and buy what they're told you know 5 10 years ago and actually chances are they've changed and they could be making the situation worse so uh, that's what i would look at personally does that answer your question yeah cuz so, so i think sometimes it's sort of like a, a stability is a cautious word isn't it you know, people will see stability and think, oh, yeah, that'll be good for me. And yeah, no. It might not be. It, it, it I mean? can have a negative effect as well. So you've got to make sure you've got to make sure you're in the right shoe for you. Now there is a ver- there is a variation of stability. There's a variation of everybody's foot. We all naturally do have pronation. Yeah. And again, I'm not it's gonna really surprise a lot of you out there, but I'm not a doctor. Right. And I'm not a pedi- is it a pediatrician, toe, feet? No, podiatrist, podiatrist. the kids in a pediatrician there you go she tells you i'm not qualified but either way i don't know what i'm talking about a lot but what i can say is is in terms of um your pronation we all do pronate slightly anyway that's just natural okay but it's to what extent now if you if you're you've got a slight imbalance maybe somewhere else in your body you're going to be compensating for it down in your legs whatever um so you do need to check where you're at and the, the the fear of stability shoes or that's going to make me feel better might actually have the reverse effect. So you could feel like, Oh, I'm pronating, but actually you're not, you could mm. be under pronating and that and it's going to cause you more complications. You might need a higher stacked shoe. You might need a lower stack. shoe. you might need a zero drop shoe, like an ultra where it's a more natural uh, shoe. So, you know, you might need to go to that extent to mm. get the best out of it. So mm. it, again, Go back to my original point, get yourself a gait analysis and a decent one, and hopefully they won't put you in Brooks. Sure. But if they do, there must be a good reason. Shout out to Brooks. Love yeah, you. we love Brooks. Um, next. Uh, right, Bud Lynch said he's uh, shortly going to be starting a 16-week marathon block for Newport, first marathon. Um, he's got half marathon races, which are on the same day as the longest runs of training block. How does he catch up on the missing mileage, or should he? Never catch up on missing mileage. Never. And what you should have done, bud, schoolboy error, uh, when you're looking at your training plan, you should have selected what 
weekends you're going to put those races in and work your plan around that. Obviously, it's easy to sit here and say, you know, benefits of a tailor plan. Nobody's got the money to do that at the moment. So what I would say is what is a priority for you? Ideally, you're looking to do a decent half marathon about eight weeks out from the end of your race, at the end of the goal race, right? So you know where you're at in terms of ticking boxes. Am I, you know, physically fit? Can you can check some gear out? But more importantly, has the training started to take effect? Because eight weeks is bang in the middle of a 16-week plan. We work in what we call mesocycles. Admin, you know about these sort of things. Um, And usually any change is you start to see the results six to eight weeks later. By putting a half marathon in eight weeks within the plan, it is a good sort of litmus test on where you're at. Do if you run hard, how do you feel after that? Like we did it at um, saying this about Edinburgh because the question burned, but we, you know, we put down that time. London landmarks one thirty eight felt good after it. No real side effects, um, so I knew that my training was on plan. I then a couple of weeks later put that time down for me forty. What was it? Toe forty two minutes ten k. I can't remember what it was. Uh, vitality again, same on track. But I put my point is I put those races into my plan as part of the plan and I built, I built the plan around them. Um, I've, re- I will remove races that I don't need to do. So we're arguing every weekend at the moment about the big half because it doesn't really suit. I don't think to do it, but that said, the boys want to do it. So FOMO, I'll probably end up doing it, but actually it doesn't really suit. So if I do do it, I'll go there with an aim of running that at goal pace. So that's my advice to you, buddy, is if you can't move those, then I would look to structure the run in a way that you're getting something out of it, whether that's you're going to do that run at goal pace, 13 miles at goal pace. uh, So it's a good, you know, tester for the day. Or you're going to split over the weekend. You're going to do maybe six miles on the Saturday, you know, super easy or do that quick in terms of goal pace. And then you do the 13 miles as as an easy effort but you want to max what you're doing and don't get sort of caught up in chasing mileage, chasing times, but you need to be strategic. If you're going to get the best out of your 16 week training block is my advice to you. What Next. about, sorry, Chris, just Go. on that. What about sort of managing, we've managed, we're managing races around the plan. Can you manage the plan around races if you want to do them? You know, if they're big yeah, events. Of yeah, of course. Yeah. Again, that, and I've done that for, for clients. I'll, I'll say to them, right, next 16 weeks, what have we got? Okay. So you've got a 10K. Right. Let's put that in. That's going to be a, a down week, but I want you to go hard in that 10K um, for whatever reason. Like we've got where 10's coming next weekend. And, it's a great event. We're joggers, fantastic club and that lot. But to be honest with you, I could do without it. I'd rather be going out and doing 20 miles. But it is a race that we are we want to support and a lot of 40 runners do it. So what we're doing is we're going to break up the weekend and we're going to do a kind of bit of Hanson-ish, you know, following on from Al and split our mileage up over the weekend, but still with a purpose. And and that's the thing. So we've got the, we've got the benefit of having the ability to move out because we're sounds big headed, but we're relatively experienced when it comes to training blocks and, you know, yeah. we've got, been through the rodeo a few times now. Right. So we can adjust accordingly. So yes, you can build a plan around races. Like I've built this plan around my holiday. Um, 
And you can do that because you know what your end goal is and you can factor in the difference. It's, it's hard for people. And that's why Bud's question is a good one. Because if you're not in the fortunate position, which most people aren't, to get a tailor plan, then where does the adjustment come? So hopefully I've answered that. I do think as well it's important to note that if you're doing, if this is your first marathon, that yes, it's a physical demand, but doing a marathon plan is a very mentally demanding thing as well. And doing a race and having a good day out and seeing your mates like at a big 40 event and something like that, it can really give you a lift, particularly if you're in sort of like the middle of a plan and, the mileage is kicking in and you're getting a bit fed up and Yeah, I mean like admin's that. a perfect Sometimes person. you can really give you London, wouldn't it, Admin? You was running with the Broxbourne lot. Yeah. Um we've done it. We did it even last time. Landmarks was the biggest probably like positive, but we knew it was coming. We planned around it. We planned around Vitality ten K. Um if you're gonna do if I was gonna do another marathon block now, you plan around the A six ten K because I know that that's one that I'm gonna wanna do. So but I think it's really important to the point earlier, which don't worry about catching up on missing miles. It's really easy to think, oh, I missed that three-mile run or I've missed two miles off the end of the day. Last year, I remember when I think I did three half marathons three weeks in a row and it got to the big half and I was like, oh, God, do I need to run two miles beforehand? And you went, no, just don't worry about it. Those mm. two miles in the grand scheme of things aren't going to make any difference. I go back to my point. We're all addicted to Strava <laughs> and other uh, apps, running-based apps. <laughs> Believe in the plan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Believe in the plan. Here's football legend Jamie Redknapp for Skechers ArchFit Footwear. Okay, I know what you're thinking. ArchFit Footwear? Ah, I don't need arch support. Well, I thought the same, and these are still my favourite trainers. You see, Skechers ArchFit are great for virtually everybody. ArchFit was designed by experts giving you podiatrist-certified arch support and all-day comfort. Plus, I don't wear them just for arch support. I love how they look too. Feel what you've been missing with Skechers ArchFit. Find Skechers ArchFit footwear for men and women everywhere. That has got to be, in 53 weeks, that has got to be the longest answer we've ever given to somebody's answer. Yeah, I actually think we should give ourselves a round of applause. Not only did we answer a question, we kind of answered it properly. And yeah, and we, and we, I don't know where we added value. That's probably a strong word. But I, I forgot. Guys, I forgot. I, I had one job to do, and that was to yeah. say hello or hola to our Mexican listener. Mexican? We're now the biggest running podcast in Mexico. I kid you not. Hola, como esta? Oh. See? I was going to put. El Gringo on there, but I thought it might get lost on you lot. So, but we are now massive in Mexico. And, and who Hong doesn't Kong. like Mexico? We were banging in the listeners in Hong Kong last week as well. So that's good. Yeah, that was good. That was good. So, um, I mean, let's keep rolling because we, oh, Louise is back. Hello. Oh, that's better. Uh, have you got Al's Wi Fi? Have you, have you got rid of Al's Wi Fi? I swapped to the laptop instead of the computer. Oh, that is so much better. She is clear as the proverbial bell. And Louise, you've come in just at the right time because we're gonna we're gonna cut. You can line up all your questions, and we're gonna answer yeah. as many of them as we can in like a short period of time. But we're we're just cracking through because there's like three thousand yeah. questions. Yeah. So, so Louise, just, if we just recap quickly about where uh, the bits that we lost. Yeah, that, um, you know, you were a bit, you've had injured, you had other issues. Can you just talk about what's been going on for the last few weeks? Yeah, so um, so I had started my training, um, and I was kind of 
I was basically wanted to start running more a week because I'd kind of eased off a bit the last few weeks and things. Um, so I'd started building up. I was doing three to four runs a week and I was doing between 15 and 20 miles across the week. Um, and then obviously my knee had been really playing up. So I had to kind of ease off for a bit and rest that. Um, and then this week I was like, I kind of started cracking on last week, did a 10 mile run on Sunday and was kind of really getting into it. And then I've ended up with really bad water infection the last few days. And I can't really be too far away from the toilet. Oh, <laughs> right. I had a wee all the time. <laughs> so I've not really been able to run this week because like, it's like trying to plan it where you might be able to duck off somewhere is a bit hard, especially mm. when you're on your own. Because on the dog walks during the day, it's not as quite as bad. I can kind of sneak off and get somebody else to watch out if someone's coming. But obviously when you're out <laughs> running on your own, <laughs> it's a bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> I have so, to say, I didn't think I didn't think we were talking about that tonight. No, yeah. no, <laughs> poor Louise. <laughs> but there we but, go. But yeah, I won't worry, Louise. We've got you've got plenty of time, so don't worry. We'll come on. I mean, we'll I'm, help I'm, you. Running, I'm running the oh, Leamington right. Half Marathon on Sunday, so that's kind of like see how I'm at. I guess take it easy. Take yeah. it easy. You're in the building phase. Yeah, you just don't want to go berserk now and try and catch up with stuff or chase stuff or. If anything, you want to make sure you do your slowest half marathon on Sunday. Yeah, this this is what everyone's been saying to me because I shoot off too fast at the start of runs. So like, all right, well, there's a challenge then. So let yeah. me know what's what's your current. What roughly do you do a half marathon? And I'm not talking PB. What roughly do you, you feel comfortable doing a half marathon? Probably about two two and a half hours. Okay, so do two thirty five. Let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Do two thirty five. Dead aim. Try and get a 235 half marathon on Sunday. See if you can do it. Yeah, I'm going to try because I don't want to go too fast. But then obviously... 235. Pace it. 100%. Look at your splits. Dead aim. Even splits. The whole thing. Let us know next week if you got it. 235 is my challenge to you. Okay. So what do you you, you work in, Louise? Do you do miles or do you work in kilometres? I do miles. Table set. (laughs) I'm going to try miles. <laughs> Look, he's asleep. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just talk amongst yourselves a minute, and I'll see if I. Yeah, can we're going to work it out. Work out our um. Because you dead, if you dead aim that, because you've got to think this could be the start of the marathon. Yeah, well, because like we did the two castles ten k last, not last Sunday, the Sunday before, and I just shot off way too fast at the start because I'm so used to doing it. And then Louise, your marathon training. Yeah, you've got to remember your marathon training. You need to be, we should be anyway, at the moment, doing everything easy, just building, getting your consistency, getting your patterns, yeah. making sure your frequency is nice, getting some confidence within the pace and just running free and easy. You're just building. Your goal is in 16, well, less, it's 100 days, your goal. Yeah. You need to <laughs> chill out and just remember that the goal is 100 days not this weekend okay i've got 11 minute 45 second miles will give you a you half go. marathon of two hours 34.2 yeah. 1150 gives you 235 and eight seconds so there you go there you yeah. go so louise yeah dead aim every mile 1150 try and pace it to perfection oh, if you if you manage <laughs> 11.50, if you manage 11.50 per mile yeah. and get there, or, you know, near as damn, I'll send you a new T-shirt. Okay. 
Now, what you know? Could you possibly think of any greater incentive? And what, how much grace should we give her? Because I'm a nice guy. I'm feeling in a good mood. What? How much grace in terms of minute? A uh, thirty seconds out overall. Well, don't know, why don't you play? Every mile's got to be between eleven forty-five and eleven fifty. There we go. Isn't it? Dead aim. It's good pacing practice. Now, yeah. you know, we're making it, but it's good pacing practice because you've got to get anybody marathon training, really. You've got to get on top of your pacing and you've got to get on top of your, your race craft because it will help you over the over those 26 miles. If you're doing your first one, chances are you're going to go off like a bat out of hell and yeah. you're going to crash and burn. Or you might actually go off too slow. So you want to try and really now and get some confidence and get some comfort in working at paces and, and managing your pace early. So when it comes to race day, you've got your strategy, you know what you're doing, and you know that you can pretty much go even or go under whatever your strategy is on the day, whether it's to negative it or go positive as Tobe loves to do and tell everybody, but whatever <laughs> that is. So practice now, start practicing. It'll also stop you from racing too hard, which is what I was trying to say to you earlier. You've got to remember you're in a marathon training plan. This is the building phase uh, of getting yourself ready for the sort of next phase, which is stamina speed that's going to be coming at you. So just just give yourself something to do. We did do like a 10-mile run on Sunday, and that that was very kind of slow (laughs) for like what I probably do. Yeah, you want to run easy. Like, but yeah, it was kind of a lot slower than I'd normally go. But, yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Uh, you're, you're not trying to tire yourself. How many times a week are you running at the moment? Um, I'm trying to do three or four. Yeah, okay. That's but right. Obviously, obviously, I walk every day. 12 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know yeah. where your job is. But that's good yeah. cross-training, right? So yeah. We're, we're, we're here. So, what? Yeah. What other things should people be thinking about? If they're doing the first marathon and they're sort of, it's the opening sort of like fortnight of the plan and they're just, you've got that initial excitement yeah. and now, you know, you're beginning to knuckle down a little bit, aren't you? You know, what sort of things are people going to be thinking about and what potential sort of pitfalls can they fall into at this stage? Uh, right now, as I said, it's that building phase. The first three weeks, I think you're, this is week three. Um, if you're on plan, if you're on, a, let's say, 16-week plan, which is generally what it is. Um, the pitfalls are you're doing everything in sort of dead zone, which Al talks about, your grey zone, you're running too fast. You're doing everything at a, a level that's not really really making any gains. You're not you're not going too easy. So, you're, you know, you're building that base, but you're not going hard enough to really max out 
the session. So you're, you're sort of training probably a little bit too much. So you, you either want to be going easy or you want to be going hard. It's one or the other, right? It's no point being in the middle. So there is an element of that. There's an element of overrunning. People tend to overrun at the start. They get all excited. Oh, wow, this is awesome. And you're in that phase at the moment where you're not yet physically and mentally tired. You're actually the opposite. You're like, like a dog with a new bone. You like want to tell everyone and you want to get, you know, just go out and run and oh, I'm marathon training. This is awesome. But you will come to that point in like a couple of weeks when every run's a pain. Every run feels hard. Mentally, you're done. You're eating too much. You're thinking, I'm getting fat doing this. And, you know, you're just exhausted, which you will come through, by the way. Um, so, it, again, go back a step. Take everything easy. Know the fact that there's going to be hard work coming and be ready for it. So lay all the foundations to get ready for that next phase of the plan. The first four weeks is all about building that base, getting your frequency and getting your consistency and working on those little bits that you need. Whether, and, and it get, doesn't matter what level you're at. So just yeah. getting used to, so for Louise, just getting used to sort of like going out four times a week, yeah. getting into the sort of like doing perhaps one um, interval or speed session a week and getting into the practice of doing a long run at the weekend. And recovering. Like getting into the mechanics of it all. And maxing your recovery. You know, Louise is, because she's been on the show before, we know she like walks thousands of miles every day walking the dogs, right? <laughs> but you need to max your recovery to make sure that you're recovered or recouped enough, ready to go again. Because there's, again, what we spoke about the other week, overtraining, undertraining. You're at the you're at the early stage of your plan, so that's not going to show up yet. But if you start overtraining early, you're in a downward spiral. And it's the same if you're under training, you're on a downward spiral because when it comes to the mileage goes up or let's say there's a load of speed work chucked at you. And when I say speed work, I'm talking hard speed work, not just, you know, those medium efforts. I'm talking like strong, proper intervals, strong, proper hill sprints, you know. But if, you, if, you, if you're not done the work beforehand in the build up to them after about six weeks, <laughs> then you ain't going to be able to give 100%. So it's, it's a fine balance. I always say, Build, take it easy, and just come into it at a, at a nice pace, you know, so you're ready then to to leap off. Think about that airplane going down the runway. So, you know, you want to be ready to take off at the end of it for the next phase, you know, to get up into the cruise. That's that's what the way you've got to think about it. But um, what, what kind of is the maximum distance you should train up to? Why are you worried about distance? Well, I don't know. I'm just worried that. I yeah, so again, go back to my point. We're all stuck on Strava. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it should be time really it should be time if you're running your first marathon it should be more time based time on feet okay i i appreciate there is that psychological nightmare around the 20 miler around yeah. the 22 mile around the 18 should you do 20 miles shouldn't you do 20 miles should you do 24 should you do 26 miles there's loads of scientific evidence and reports about not going over 20 or you know whatever but in terms of your long runs, you could quite comfortably do 80 miles and still very happily finish a marathon. Look at the Hanson plans. They, their longest run, I'll tell you, 16 miles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So it's not, about, it's not about your distance. It's about time on feet, and it's about the rest of the work you're doing in the week. Um, I appreciate with the first marathon, 
you probably do want to go up to that 20 miles because psychologically it's a point in which you know you can run to right and i get that and i and i would have and i advise my runners my first timers we do put a 20 miler in at the traditional point three weeks out so they've got that excuse me that thing to aim for but actually there's no real difference between them doing the 18 mile and the 20 miler if anything it's a it's a more of a wrecking effect on the body because most of the time you're doing it and you're dragging your sorry backside around net net you'd be better off doing a really good sort of you know effort in a 16 mile than a, than a, a slog 20 mile you'd get more of an aerobic gain out of doing that but I do appreciate psychologically us runners, especially first time marathoners do want to get to that, you know, with a two on it. Um, but again, I wouldn't worry. It's tight. Go back to time feet, run for three and a half hours, see where you get to. Yeah. Because after three and a half hours on your feet, you know, at, you know, at a, a, a relative pace, you're not going to be doing much benefit really um, for, for your body and mind, unless you're going, you know, longer. So it, it all depends. I, I, I get it why you're, you're hooked, but I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. There will, and you're planning, I'm guessing there's a 20 miler on there, right? Yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah but I didn't so, know whether I had to go up that far or whether. Yeah, do it. Embrace it. Yeah. Um, but if you, if, if you don't do it, don't think, oh God, I didn't do it. Cause you'll still finish the marathon if you don't get to 20 miles in your training plan. Yeah, I do think it's a fair point. I haven't done, I mean, I've done two marathons, so I'm not massively experienced. But I would suggest, I don't know if Sabrina agrees with me because we've got similar sort of levels of experience that um, certainly doing a 20 miler gave me a big boost that I could do that mm. when I did the first one. And I remember going back to before I did my first half marathon, I went out and I actually did 13 miles before because I wanted to know that I could get the trip because that was that became a big. A big thing for me. So psychologically, you might want to go. What do you reckon, Sarah? You, you go along with that? Yeah, it does. It, it ticks the box, right? Because you go at that point, you know, you've got ten k to go, and we've all run ten k hundreds of times. So there's a there's a confidence in getting to twenty miles. But my first marathon, I had a terrible twenty mile run. I had a really good eighteen mile run, really good sixteen, eighteen. Got to twenty miles, it was terrible. Chris and Toby will tell you. <laughs> I bumped into them. Looked at them and they went, "You're all right," and I burst into tears because it had just gone so. And bad. what do we do? We just carried on. <laughs> <laughs> See you Wednesday. We we all have those runs as well. Some of them will go well. Some of them will feel tougher, and you kind of just have to go. You know what? It's done. Take it off and, and move on from it. So I would see how your training goes, but I wouldn't worry about your twenty mile yet. I'd worry about. This weekend, think about next week, take it section by section. Um, otherwise, you get fixated on getting thinking about 10 weeks ahead when actually take each week as it comes. Good point. Yeah, don't worry about 20 miles. It's, it's you know, whatever weeks away. I'm, I'm more worried about what you'll be doing tomorrow. Yeah. Or for well, you, dead aim, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, yeah. Well, that's why last Sunday I kind of just went out and did 10 miles because I was kind of like, I haven't done half marathon distance for a bit. So I was like, oh, let's see if we can do 10. Yeah, good for you. That's the sort of mindset you want. Work with the plan, but it's only a plan. Yeah. yeah? You know, don't overthink it, but you, you just got to make sure you are, when you're meant to be running easy, you are running easy. And when you're meant to go hard, you go hard. And I'm not just talking 
six out of ten. I'm talking nine out of ten. Don't go ten because you'll probably get injured. But yeah. go at it um, and max. Yeah, that. See, I'm, I'm kind of guilty of I don't go my max. Like I'm not. I pu- I push a bit, but I never push that hard. Like yeah, push. Over half says all the time. Rate yourself you're hard. <laughs> it's funny. I was I was talking about this to someone the day. Rate yourself. At, yeah. The day after you've done the run, rate yourself. Don't do it the day because you're probably like fed up with running. But the <laughs> day after, actually sit back and go, did I really, really give it my all? Did I give Did I give nine out of ten on that interval? Yeah. Really, did I? Probably not. Done a six. That's that's the thing, yeah? So just have that in your mind. Rate yourself. But you should rate every run you do through marathon training. We always talk about quality over quantity. If you get into the habit of rating a run, now this is where, big shout out Strava, where Strava does have a positive effect, right? Hopefully, we'll code out stop from legal action now. Um, but that is a that is a positive effect of Strava that you or and other applications because there's many available that you can look at that data and you can see your splits, you can look at your heart rate, and you can dive into some of stats. I won't go overboard because you can fry your brain. But what you can do is look and and then give yourself and go, right, actually, that wasn't as bad as I thought I was or actually I was better than I thought I was. And then you can rate yourself. Because I think if you're looking at the quality of your runs over the week, again, not getting too far ahead like you've done, if you're looking and rating your individual runs and, and maxing it. So let's say you've got easy 40 minutes on the plan, right? Five minute warm up, five minute cool down, whatever, I don't know. And then you've got a similar run the following week in the plan because it should be in terms of getting the consistency, but it'll probably be an increase either in time or in effort. You can then go back and say, well, last week I'd probably give myself a six out of 10. This week, actually, because I knuckled down a bit, I saw where I slipped a little bit. I could give myself probably about an eight out of 10 in terms of quality. So you're constantly, you're constantly marking yourself and having that accountability for the quality of the run. So it stops some of that junk miles. It stops working. You stop working in some of that gray area. Um, and, and you, you know, you, you get into, you're getting to the point of where it takes care of itself. Cause you actually know after a while, you don't need to look on Strava because you will finish and you go, yeah, I work my butt off there. And I know I work my butt off and you, and you get to that stage, but because you're going into your first one, I would say, think about it. Don't overthink it. Don't overload yourself, but it is worth in some of those key runs to mark yourself. I mean, Al's, Al's, a big, Al's a big fan of keeping a journal if you want to just write a few notes about after yeah, stuff exactly. and, and you want to refer back to it and things it's like that. You know, nice. I might be saying, it's a very, all these are very individual things, you know. You've yeah. got, you have to, you have, like with so much, with, um, in my experience, my limited experience of running, so much of it is it's just trial and error and finding out what works out for you. And if you think that, you know, making a brief note after each time you've run about how you mm. felt, you know, even sort of like just making a note of um, what you wore, what trainers you had on, what top you had on, you know, what I've had what a brilliant you idea when you come in, what you had for breakfast that day, stuff like that. I've had that, a brilliant idea. Wilco, I've had a brilliant idea. Yeah. Emailing, what's the email address? Longrunshow at gmail.com. To order your long run show, Marathon Journal. They're going on sale. Order in now. Bulk orders available. Email in. We're going to put one together. <laughs> what I'll do, boys, I'll go and get some pads from Amazon for a fiver, like about 100 <laughs> of them, and we just flock. We just write long run on them and send them out. They won't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, there you go. Um, right. Um, we've put, how many, because we've got like, well, we're running out of time. 
Louise, is there any is there anything burning like so burning that you need? There's one to... question I'm really yeah. With. Oh, I... Um, so like everyone keeps saying to me about shoes and that I should be rotating them because I've owned, I own until today I only had one pair of road shoes. What brand? Uh, I've got Bruce uh, Bruce Brooks. <laughs> How are they? Nice. Yeah, I mean. Then, like, I did have another pair of Asics, but they used to hurt my knees, so I stopped running in those. Yeah, very overpriced. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've just bought a second pair of Brooks as well. So I don't know. Do I start running some runs in some and some? I don't, I don't know. I've never had to rotate before. Right. Okay, it's a good point. It does come up. Yeah. I would recommend, yes, uh, if you can afford it. Again, totally aware of the cost of living at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. If you can afford it, two shoes always better than one because you can rotate because you are you will compress the midsole. You want it to come back to life a bit, and, and you you want it like if you get sounds favorite one gets wet, you know. So the more you can rotate your shoes, it is better for you. Um, it's you don't want to go to the degree that I'm at where I'm like slightly. I think something wrong with me, but <laughs> you you do need to if you can get into the pattern of of having one or two pairs of shoes, it is definitely a benefit through marathon training. So you're not putting pressure on one shoes uh, to rotate them is a good thing. I so sorry, sorry, Chris, are you rotating like two similar models, or are you looking at different types of shoes for different types of runs? Uh, it depends on you as a, as a runner. Um, if you're happy with the shoes you've got and they're very, very capable of doing the work that you need them to do, then get similar. Um, no downside to that. If you're in a position where you're able to afford to get a specialist shoe, so whether it's like a more up-tempo, lighter, speedier shoe, and then get yourself, you know, like a, a shoe that you're very comfortable in, like, I don't know, good example, Brooks Ghost, um, uh, Brooks uh, Glycerine 20. Yeah, I've got both. Nice, decent, long-run shoe, comfortable. It's going to do everything you want. Okay, it looks like you're from 1987 and it's dull. But that said, it is very good at what it's built to do. See what I did there, Wilco? Big shout-out, mm. Brooks. <laughs> Trying to get myself out of a hole. Um, Too late but for that. It is a very good shoe at doing what it's meant to do, yeah? So if you can get, say, a Brooks Glycerine that you could probably then run the marathon in and then maybe a Brooks Hyperion Tempo. It's a theme here, uh, Wilco. Um that you could use for your lighter, faster work and, you know, some of your shorter stuff. And then you've got your glycerine to complement it, see? So the pair that you'd use for the marathon, mm. how many miles should you do in them beforehand? I really wouldn't worry about stuff like that. Okay. You're not going to do – you're not going to – oh, are you, hang on. My no, actually, that's wrong. Are you thinking about the pair you've currently got that probably got 400,000 miles where you walk dogs in them? No, no. <laughs> no that that'd be all my road shoes but um like, are you thinking what well, you think you're worried that your shoes that you've currently got are probably got like 200 miles on them and then you're now going to put another is that what you're thinking yeah so i've got what like the i've got the ghost 13s that i've been running in that mm. i've done about 200 in and then today i just bought a pair of 14s because they don't do the 13 anymore mm-hmm. um that i was going to start trying to alternate between but, yeah so so maybe yeah. use maybe use your Let's say your older ones, yeah. your tried and tested ones for your long runs because you know they're comfortable, right? Yeah. And then use your newer ones for your sort of – because they're a little bit fresher, might give you a bit of a pop, you know, and you you could do that. There is a, obviously the reverse school of thought is that you want that little bit more extra support on your longer runs 
Do you see what I mean? But me personally, I would go for the ones that I feel most comfortable in. If I've got to drag my sorry backside out for 17, 18 miles, yeah. I want something I know is going to do the job and I ain't going to get any problems. So 200 miles, by the time you finish your training, your block, you know, you're probably going to be, you know, they're going to have a fair bit of wear on them. Yeah. But your ghost first, your 14s should have had enough miles on them then that you could then switch over to into them. Does that make oh, sense? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So they sort of cross over. But I would always go, personal preference, I would always, always go for that, that tried and tested pair for those longer runs because you just, you know, you know, your body knows what they're like. Yeah. I, I, I did one where I literally, I bought two pairs that were exactly the same. One, one were red, one were blue, and I ran them alternatively, alternate races, runs. Oh, different feet, Wilco. Okay. No, I didn't. <laughs> I think that would have been awesome. What I did then was um, they got to the stage where they both had about 200 miles in them, and then I thought, right, I'm going to pick a pair that I'm going to race in. I'll put them up for a, for a little while, and I'll run the other ones into the ground and then pick them up again. Hmm. Were they Brooks? Yes. 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 <laughs> But I've been training shopping this week. Oh no! Oh, is this is this the big announcement you need to make, Louise? Yeah. Get ready for it. He's got he's 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 gone completely rogue. We, we've created a monster here, people. <sighs> Sockney pros. He's got pro twos. Look, and they match his top, which is important. So anybody listening on the pod, member boys, girls, it's an audio based format. Yes. Wilco's holding up a brand new pair of Socking Endorphin They've Pro 2. They've done 5K. Two. They did 5K along Odyston Road. They did 5K time. today in 19 minutes. Was it Wilco? Was it Wilco? 19 <laughs> minutes? 19 were. minutes. There's nothing of them. I know. He's a big they fan. Do. You remember this boy, right, a year ago, bathed in Brooks' shoes. Now, <laughs> Hoka's, Sockany. He's after a sponsorship deal, I think. Well, I'm thinking. Now, right, I just, I just sorry, Louise. I apologise profusely for stealing your thunder. Sorry. But now, how often should I run in these? As often as you want. Can I do everything in these? If you want. Tope does. So I can do me long runs in these, thing. Yeah. yeah I, we, oh, Tope, be fair, pro two, long runs, mustard, innit? I've got them on all the time now. He lives in them. My go-to shoe. Because no, oh, I'm what? obviously quite yellow. So I don't need to get... Something a bit more stable to do me long runs in and just save these for a race. Well, look, no. okay. There's two schools of thoughts about this. We're, we're very trainer heavy tonight, guys. Next week, we're only going to talk about... Well, you love trainers. Uh, yeah, but... Anyway, it's your name um, above the door. Um, what I was trying to say was you've got a shoe there with a plate in. There is some discussion about not training with a plate. So when you do go into race day and you put a plate on that you're going to get max the benefit of it. Um, I would say the best sort of blend is to do a little bit in them and a little bit in a non-plated shoe because you do, you do want to max the benefit of having the plate in it. That said, the pro two is an incredible shoe for somebody who needs a mild stability shoe for, you know, with a carbon plate in it. I mean, you. I mean, we put you in them, and she. she I mean, she sold about hundred pairs locally mm. to all her Broxbourne mates. Well, they got a big sale on the world. And his wife's buying socks here this week. Yeah. yeah, they're brilliant. I did everything in them, and I love them. So, but now, I'm going to contradict everyone now. Go on in, because the Pro Three might be might be a little bit disappointing for us stability shoe wearers. 
Well, that's all right, because I've just forked out for these, so I ain't No. So it's a message to all our listeners. Clear Sockany out of Pro 2s. If you need a slight stability shoe, buy them now, because the Pro 3s, it's not going to do the same for you, just as a heads up. Pro 2 unbelievable. I'm going to ask you a question, and I think I know what your answer is going to be. If I bought a pair of Speed 2s as well for 100 quid, would that be a good idea? No. No? (laughs) No. Don't buy the Speed. You're a stability shoe wearer. Right. Why would you buy the Speed? Well, because I thought they had a bit more about them and I could do my long runs in them. Nah. uh, They show up pronation. When you really get tired, that power run PB with the plate, because the cover gate's got TPU or nylon plate in it, is a lot more flex in it. The third version, which we laughed about earlier, has a wider base on it and they've played around and tuned up the the plate in it so it's got wings and and they've enhanced the upper as well to add some structure to the upper to create a little bit more of a stable ride because the biggest criticism of the speed and speed two was that actually at lower speeds it was slightly unstable because the foam is so is so soft with that reasonable stack height so no i would not be better off getting another pair of them Yes, but actually, I would recommend you go and buy a pair of Sockany Guide 15s and do your other work in them and then use those for long runs, is what I would recommend. Well, guide 15. Or the Tempest. The Tempest is an incredible shoe Lovely. from Sockany. That's a brand new stability shoe. I wore it at South End Half Marathon. It's got a slight bit of power run PB in it. It's an incredible shoe, uh, but it has limited uh, versatility versus the Guide, which is better suited for daily miles if you have the pro too sorry everybody for hijacking yeah sorry everybody. i would mainly apologize to louise really Will yeah Cohen. absolutely just because you've got all those 50s in that nike box that you need to get rid of before the tax man comes round. it's all that it's all that all right but yeah cash cash only cash only we know yeah, one of them. There'll be a stack of Sockney boxes there next week. Yeah, there will be Sockney only. He, he wants to deal with Sockney, I tell you. That's what it is. Louise, sorry to inter- uh, to be have you interrupted by him. <laughs> what else? Is there anything burning that you need? Um, the only other thing I've been looking at is like the whole kind of collecting your number for the London Marathon. Like people oh, Louise, saying, why are you worrying? Because like people are saying you should um, go on the Friday, not the Saturday. And I'm like, Louise, I don't know if I can get Louise, on Friday. Don't worry about it, mate. Please don't panic about stuff that is in like hundred days time. Honestly, just focus on your half marathon this weekend of doing yeah. 1150 per mile. 1150. I'm so going to shoot off too fast, but I'm going to try. That is all on everybody who's doing London Marathon, York Marathon, Amsterdam Marathon, whatever half marathon, Great North Run, whatever you're doing in the autumn. Stop worrying about that. Focus on your next run and your next week of training and make sure that it is of the highest quality. That's all you need to worry about and getting a decent amount of rest and recovery. If you do that, then you're going to be winning. If you're worrying about collecting numbers from the COVID central centre, that is the Excel centre, then you've got, you know, other things to worry about, please. When, when you say a rest day, what do you, do you mean do nothing at all? Well, no, uh, rest days, I, I, I refer to uh, rest days as active recovery days in when okay. I'm marathon training. I do try and now 
he says, as a, you know, based on what I said at the start of this show tonight, you know, I'm struggling because I took an extra rest yeah. day today because we, we've had a relatively higher effort on Tuesday. So I, I deliberately took an extra day to recover from that. Um, but in a, in a, in an ideal world, you're doing an active recovery of sorts. You, you, you should be looking at your amount of sleep. You should be looking about uh, hydrating, nutrition, you know, stretching, everything like that on those rest days. But really what you want to try and be is mobile without, without sort of doing too much. If that makes any sense. So okay. Don't just sit on the sofa and watch Yellowstone. Yeah. Um, I would, I wouldn't recommend that. Although it's a good show. Shout out Yellowstone if you want to sponsor the pod, but or Paramount plus happy to take your money. But, um, you want to make sure that it's an active day, but not like you're, you know, going to South End and going on the pier, you know, and, and doing stupid things like that, that, you know, you, you want to balance it out. You want to just make sure you want to look at your recovery days as recovery days. So, you know, if you've got a busy, let's say the day you're not running, you know, that's going to be busy. So the day before, maybe, you know, switch around your plan and have a less strenuous workout. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's the sort of thing you need to again be adaptable with what you're doing and max your recovery because if your recovery is no good, then you, you're not going to perform. You're going to be tired. You're going to be fatigued. You're going to get to that point at which we said, which is overtraining. Yeah, because like at the minute Sundays, I tend to do my long run because that's the day we don't normally walk dogs. So I'm like, I've got more time. But then I'll see on the Monday, I'd then be doing like a four to six mile walk. So yeah, yeah. So that'd be okay. It's like and as a rest day yeah i mean that's probably more than what most people would do which is i said yeah. to you when, but that's when like you... that's kind of an easier day for me yeah i appreciate you, you, you <laughs> we've got to take you with a pinch of salt from you because you're a different again this is why yeah. it's so cool because everybody's different you're in a different um uh place in terms of your fitness and your activity you've got a, unlike toby who claims to have an active job you do have an active job um so it is good because you're you're always going what I would say to you is actually because of the work you do, because you are on your feet for that length of time, I would actually try and do less on that day. Yeah. Yeah. I would, because you do walk a lot of miles every day and you're training as well. I would try and ease off a bit and, and have a day, you know, where you're doing a little bit less time okay. on feet, you know, give yourself the opportunity to rest. Yes, it's good. You don't want to sit down, like I said, and watch yeah. Paramount Plus. Send an email longrunshoutgmail.com. But you you want to rest up uh, to a degree, yeah. So just just watch you're not overdoing it on those recovery or those active rest days, yeah. Yeah, because that's what my mom thinks I'm doing at the moment. Yeah, you probably are. You probably are, mate. You do need with your job, Toby, active job down there, not you just sitting in like that beige office that you do. Um, <laughs> you know, you do need to watch that you're not going the other way and overtraining. Yeah. Right. We're at 103, guys. Which is, we did have some technical issues. So if you're yes. listening to the pod, we apologize now. If you know that the long run's an hour usually and you do your run for an hour because you like to listen to the whole thing, we're going to go a little bit over this week. So just go and do yeah, another sorry. kilometer. <laughs> go and do another kilometer or another mile. You'll be fine. Keep going. Okay, don't worry. Right. What, let's go. Let's fire. Quick fire, admin. As yeah. many as you can in All five right. minutes. All right, cool. Uh, Gavin is looking for a four-hour target finish for the first marathon. Alpha fly one or Alpha fly two? Two. Uh, no, one. If it's his, uh, is it his first? Did you say? Yeah, first marathon. Alpha fly one or the Vapor fly two? Which you? I thought you said Alpha fly two. I'd go uh, Alpha fly one. All right. 
Cool. Uh, Anthony Ferris says this is the best uh, time of his week and he is doing a half marathon in September, uh, currently in a 14-week training block. <laughs> after he's running a 10K, what's he doing between rest or run light? Uh, listen to your body. Listen to your body. Recover well, but don't un- don't over rest. Make sense? So yeah. you want to make sure you, you are recovered, uh, but at the same time you want to keep the lights on. Cool. Um, an unknown user. Uh, any tips on how to strengthen the knees? We'll answer that when Al's back next week. He's our PT, qualified to talk about it. He'll be back from Florida. No doubt would have put, booked himself into a proper home. Um, and possibly the last one, Nicole says uh, she's going to try and run her first marathon. In just How fast should she be running her long runs? I, I missed uh I will try to run my first marathon in four and a half hours. Uh, Nicole, if it's your first marathon, take the time away. Don't think about, I'm going to run four and a half hours. It's the worst thing you do in terms of putting pressure on yourself. Just say, I'm going to try and run under five hours and see what happens. Um, so don't take that, but don't put that extra pressure of you of running a time in your first marathon. Just get the distance done is my advice to you. Uh, I appreciate though, you do want some sort of target in your, um, Long runs, um, I would be doing your long runs pretty much at easy pace, whatever that is. If you can put elements of goal pace in there, but not too much, because again, you're going, you're going through this for the, for the first time. Ideally, you're just looking to complete the distance. So I wouldn't want to bust you up by doing too much goal pace work in your first marathon on those long runs. So look at what your easy pace is. Um, and then drop it down a little bit for the last, you know, two miles or something. But again, don't overdo it. And personally, don't give yourself a target on your first marathon other than to finish it and to enjoy the experience. It's a hard thing, people. Marathon train, because of lockdown and there's all these joggers out there like me, everybody's gone, oh, I'm going to do a marathon. I'm going to do a half marathon and we're going to be awesome. And, you know, you you get caught up in running times. I go back to my point at the start about, app-based products that where everybody's putting stuff on. So everybody's focused on time. Everybody's focused on distance. Forget it. Just go out there with your plan, stick to your goals that you've got within your plan in terms of running for time or running distance, whatever the way your plan's built up. But for your first marathon, guys, if you are listening to this and it's your first marathon, just go out there and, and get the distance done. It is bleeding hard to finish a marathon, especially your first one. Be under no illusion how difficult that is. And at mile 21, 22, 23, or even mile 13, it will show up and it will bite you in the bum. And you've got to be able to mentally beat the marathon. So don't put any extra pressure of yourself going, oh, I'm going too slow to be able to get my four and a half marathon. I'm, I'm starting to walk. Oh, I'm never going to get that four and a half hour marathon. Forget it. Start walking, start walking. Okay, still got to finish it. Take that pressure away from yourself cleanse your body get rid of that yeah Un- unburden your mind of time for the mar- your first marathon go there enjoy it tick the box and then sign up for your second one <laughs> um, i think we ought to wind up Jones, are you taking on clients i'm full but email me we'll try and figure something out I hope that's hopeful, Gary. I hope everything's been helpful. Apologies again for a few technical difficulties, but I'm sure that I'd like to think that we've managed to uh, 
provide some value to your Friday night anyway. And Louise, I hope it's been helpful for you too. Yeah. yeah um, Louise, come back in a few email in. What's the email address, Wilco? Longrunshow at gmail.com. We want to see, we want to see our friend Strava print out 11, what is it, admin? 11.45 to 11.50. It's got to come in. I wish you don't get the t-shirt. Okay. Thanks so much, Louise, for coming. Huh? Every mile. Every mile. Every mile. Well, I've never done a mile the same. Okay. That's that's the point, dear. That's what we're trying to get you to do. (laughs) So you don't go bananas at the start. First three miles, like, we've got to go. But first three miles at London, you're going to get so caught up with everybody else going ballistic. You've got to train yourself now to be getting some ownership of your running and your pace and your and and your and what you're doing at the start and and within that within that run and and get that authority within owning that run so start now on sunday 11 50 t-shirt coming your way okay thanks ever so much for joining us louise hope we'll catch up with you in a few weeks and see how you're getting on we look forward to that sabrina thanks ever so much for coming in we'd love to see you as always you always bring extra value to this (laughs) ragamuffin outfit so thanks ever so much for coming and wish you all the best and hopefully I'll see you Tuesday if you're fighting fit and raring to go. If back she's now. back from holiday, Toby. <laughs> it's a bit harsh that, isn't it? Well, well, yeah, well, we wish you all very well, you and um, Toby on your secret mission tomorrow. I look forward to hearing all about that. We can't we don't even talk about it for two weeks. Okay. Well, thanks <laughs> ever so much for everybody who's bothered to, uh, who's stuck with us through nearly 70 minutes of this rubbish. Thanks ever so much for joining us. Um, you can send us your emails to at uh, to Long Run Get Show. Get right, Wilco. Come on. Longrunshow at gmail.com. Well done. And uh, we'll have a look at them and hopefully include some next week. We didn't get through too many today, but we've had a packed show with lots of technical difficulties. You can download us on your um, podcast provider of choice, whether that's Spotify, Amazon, all the others, Apple, rate us, review us, tell us how lovely we are. And that would be love. That would be great too. Um, we'll be back next week, courtesy of our friends at Sketches, to um, have a chat at seven o'clock on YouTube and Facebook. If you want to join us live, thank you very much. We will see you next week. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Toe. Run tiles, please. Sir. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.